People love to discuss and debate about the greatest of all time in all kinds of different categories. In this series called The Greatest, we're talking about Jesus as the greatest man to walk the earth, his greatest commandment to us, and what living your life that way looks like. We hope you enjoy this series from Apex students called The Greatest, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little more like Jesus. How many in here have heard of Destiny's Child? Destiny's Child. I got a couple of you. Let me, for those of you who are in the dark, let me let you know a little bit about Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child was a trio of three R&B singers. Let me tell you their names. Um, Kelly Rowland, who you've probably never heard of. Michelle Williams, not a tennis player. You've probably never heard of her. Oh, and one more. And her name is... Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce. Kind of a big deal. You may have heard that one. I figured you knew that one before. But listen, even though Destiny's Child sold over 60 million records, most people only remember one member of that trio. Right? I mean, maybe a couple of you heard the other names before, but Beyonce is kind of like a big gap between Beyonce and the other two, right? A big deal. Most people only remember her. Beyonce, Sasha Fierce, Queen Bee. Uh, whether you like her or not, you know her. <laughs> you know her, right? You know of her at the very least. And we can all agree on one thing. Destiny's Child was never the same when Beyonce left. In one way, in that none of you have ever heard of Destiny's Child, or most of you haven't. So something weird happens when a trio breaks up, right? Something weird happens, and, and something is just missing, and these solo careers are just, they're just so different than like a trio career. And, um, What's interesting, you know, especially if the thing missing from your trio is Beyonce. Very, very different. Uh, ironically, the same thing is true about Jesus' greatest commandment. Um, so tonight is the last night of our series called The Greatest. So if you haven't been here for a little bit, uh, I'm going to kind of clue you in on what we're talking about. Because we've been centered in on this event in Jesus' life. And this was an event where a lawyer approached Jesus trying to trap him in a trick question. And he said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? If you're this big fancy teacher... Tell us what the greatest commandment is. And Jesus gave him a great answer that uh, in a couple of verses that we are memorizing together. And so something very special is about to happen. And we are all going to perfectly recite Matthew 22, 37 through 33. So you put the reference on the screen, but not the verse. We are going to say it together. Ready? Jesus replied. It's all your all your this is the first and greatest commandment the second is love as wow give it up for yourselves well i really though that's impressive that's not bad i mean we've been working on it for like two months but you guys are really really grasping this verse put it up there yeah really great. The really important verse in scripture, right? If you ask the greatest teacher of all time, what's the greatest commandment of all time? You're going to learn something, right? You're going to learn something very, very important. It turned out to be a trio of the greatest commandment turned out to be three things. Love God. Pursue a relationship with God. This is the Beyonce of the trio, if you will. Love God. The second one is love your neighbor. Basically, everyone everywhere is your neighbor. And the third is um, as you love yourself, that's how you should love these people. So see yourself the way God sees you. See, your, see the value in yourself that God sees in you. Very valuable. Now, these th three things, they're not solo acts. This is a trio, and it's very important to keep it a trio. Like any good trio, they go best in harmony. They work best in harmony. And that means if one of them is off, everything seems off. 
right? I, I don't know what you know about music, but if you have three singers in harmony together, if one of them goes sour, the whole thing sounds messed up. Something just is very, very wrong. Um, and so when we look at this greatest commandment, it's this trio of things that we are working to keep in perfect harmony in our lives. And some of you at this point are thinking, how the heck am I supposed to do that? I can barely keep track of algebra. How am I also going to keep track of these three huge, important, life-changing things? And that's a great question. Uh, and the first thing I want you to know is that it's not about perfection. This is not about perfection in any way. It's not about having all three in perfect harmony all the time. It's about recognizing that they should be. That's the lesson right now. This is not about a perfect life um, because you are going to be better at some than you are at others, especially starting out. You're going to realize your weaknesses, and we're going to talk about some of that a little bit later. But it's not about perfection. It's about recognizing that these three things should be in harmony. So think about it. When you're having one of those days when you're down about yourself, it's harder to love other people right? Have you ever experienced that? I know I have. Days that where I'm not feeling real good about me, I have trouble feeling real good about others. When you feel worthless, you become a little more snappy and critical. I, that's been my experience. And when your relationships with other people are full of drama and conflict and outrage and constant sarcasm and nastiness, I find it hard to say that I'm good with God. That's something I've experienced, and probably you as well. When one of these things is out of harmony, the whole thing just gets messed up. The greatest commandment is not supposed to be something that makes you feel guilty. That's really one of the things I want you to know tonight, is that it's not about guilt, but it's a, it serves as a guide to give you a better life. That's what Jesus wants. And I'm not saying your life is going to be perfect. It certainly will not. But the, living by these guidelines, your life will be better. That's something that everyone wants. Because think about it, if you were able to perfectly love God, love others, and love yourself, your life would be better. No questions asked. If you were able to do those things perfectly, your life would be better. And now I understand that that's easier said than done. So if you're like me, you're asking a very important question, and that is, how? How am I supposed to do that? What does that really look like? It sounds great. Three easy steps to a better life. That might be the book title. <laughs> if Jesus was writing a book about the greatest commitment. But they're not easy, and I understand that. How does somebody actually do this? What does this look like in real life? How do we get these three ideas? How do I get command of these three things and make them part of my life? Well, I'm glad you asked, because that's what we're talking about tonight. So one day, Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples. And uh, he was, the disciples were Jesus' inner circle. These are the people that he hung out with the most, the people that he approached and said, I want you to be at the ground level of something history changing. And 12 people said, all right, sign me up. And they followed him around. This is Jesus's inner circle, really, really important people in Jesus's life and in the history of the church. Um, in this event that we're looking at in Jesus's life, he was eating with the disciples. They were having dinner together. And this actually ended up being the last meal before Jesus died, before Jesus was taken from his friends and crucified on a cross. This was the last meal they had together. So the disciples were feeling kind of anxious because Jesus was starting to talk like a crazy person. Um, weird things were happening. Weird things were coming out of his mouth because he's saying, I'm about to leave. And this was very concerning to the disciples because they've been following this fella around for three years. And they're like, he's going to leave and we can't go with him. What am I supposed to do? I left everything already. I don't have anything. I left my family. I left my job to follow this cat around. And now the disciples are extremely stressed at this point. I'm really sorry for, for cat. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> so the disciples are stressed 
And like, why is he leaving? And what are we going to do? Jesus could tell they were freaking out because he knows everything. So he gave them uh, an illustration to calm them down a little bit. In John 15, 5, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, the disciples lived in an area where grapevines were a common thing. They had seen fruit come from vines. They understood this illustration, and Jesus knew that they were going to. Jesus is referring to himself as the vine, the, the source of life for the branch. That's what they were understanding, that Jesus is saying, I am the source of life. You are the branch, I am the vine. And the branch gets what it needs to survive and thrive from the vine. Now, we have all seen smaller branches come off of bigger branches, right? We can sort of relate to this. But I think that if Jesus were alive today, he would use illustrations that we would understand, right? He wouldn't use things like, like vines and branches and fishes. And, and he used a lot of farming metaphors, and I'm not really a really farming expert. But I believe that if Jesus were on earth today, he would use some illustrations that would make sense to us. And so I think that if he, were, he would not say, like, I am the vine, you are the branches, I think he would say, I am the iPhone, you are the Bluetooth headphones. That's right, you heard me. The Bluetooth headphones. I love my Bluetooth headphones. When I upgraded to, uh, I don't remember, which was the first one without a, like the seven, I don't know. When I upgraded to my iPhone, I lost my headphone port, and I was not crushed because I was real pumped about getting headphones that were Bluetooth, um, because I just love wireless technology. We live in an amazing age, and, and until I find out what these things in the air are doing to me, I'm going to be excited about wireless technology. <laughs> so I just love, I use them in the gym, both times I went this year. Um, I use them while I'm mowing my grass. I use them when I'm on airplanes. I love my Bluetooth headphones. Really amazing. But, but here's the catch. When it comes to Bluetooth, my headphones only work when they're close to the phone. Does that make sense? So, like, so if I leave my phone on a table and I'm walking around and I like go into mow the grass and I left my phone, I hear the nice lady in my headphones say, out of range. That was a really good impression. You guys don't know what she sounds like, but that was good. Out of range. And if I like get out of my car and take my phone, my car says to me, waiting for pairing. Because... Because I've disconnected from the source. Are you with me? Out of range. Now, Jesus is saying the same thing to his disciples. He's saying when it comes to living this life of of being plugged into the, the vine, living a life that is a branch plugged into the vine, there is one surefire way to make sure that you're on the right path, and that is to stay close to Jesus. Stay close to me. Stay connected to my source. And you're going to live the life that I want. And and he's not saying that you have to be perfect. He's not saying you have to know everything. Far from that. He's pretty much saying the opposite of that. He's saying stay close to me So because I have the answers. Because I know everything. Because I can take care of what you can do. I can take care of you where you're going to fall short. He's not saying you have to have all the answers. He's saying stay close to me because I got them. I'm going to give some of them to you. And as you stay closer, you're going to understand more and more. Now, a lot, there's a lot of pressure melting away when I look at God that way, right? Because I am like an achiever. I'm the kind of person that wants to like do the work, plow ahead, get stuff done. And when I say like, I just need to stay plugged into Jesus, that's where I'm going to get the answers that I've been plowing so hard to get. Just stay plugged into Jesus and he gives you answers and he, he plows for you and with you. And that means you're going to have to give up some control 
But ultimately, he has given you a way, way better life than you could just achieve on your own. So that's why Jesus is saying these three things, the trio and the great commandment. He's saying the greatest commandment. He's saying, love God. Stay near to me, and I'm going to help you love me. Stay near to me, and I'm going to help you get this better. Love yourself. He's saying, stay close to me and see the value that I have put on you. He'd see yourself through my eyes. And he's saying, love other people. Um, when you focus on other people, you're going to struggle. But when you stay close to me, you're going to see other people through my eyes. And you're going to see them as hurt, broken people. And that's why they're hurting you. Because hurt people hurt people. And when you see other people through God's eyes, he just fills you with grace. He fills you with a, a, a different perspective in the way that you see other people. He says, stay close to me. Now, Jesus doesn't expect us to just be strong enough to, to get this life, this perfect life that he has planned out for us. He doesn't expect us to just be strong enough to make it happen. He wants to help you. He insists on helping you. He wants us to surrender our lives to him so he can help. I put it this way. He, he wants us to let him take charge to help us change. He wants us to let him take charge and help us change. And when you see it that way, like, there's just so much freedom in that for me. I, I don't know if you're feeling that at all. But when I think this whole passage, the greatest commandment, this whole thing is about staying close to Jesus, I feel freedom in that. I don't have to perform. I don't have to achieve. I am not, we talked about this a few weeks ago, a sheep is not valuable because it does tricks to the shepherd. The sheep is valuable because it's a sheep because it belongs to the shepherd, and that's the value that God sees in me. I don't have to do anything. I need to stay close to Jesus. Let's jump back into history here for a second. Jesus continues in this verse 15.5. He says, If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. If you remain in me, if you stay close to me, you're going to bear much fruit. Now, it kind of sounds weird that I'm just... Just fruits showing up out of nowhere. But remember the meaning behind the metaphor. We're talking about branches and vines. That's why fruit comes into place. When a vine is working properly, when it's connected and everything is working the way it should, uh, it produces fruit. The branch produces fruit. And the, the fruit Jesus is talking about here is the life change that we experience when we stay connected to God. So in other words, Jesus is saying this. There is a big payoff when it's more about me than it is about you. That's what God's saying to us. I gave you the greatest commandment, so why wouldn't I help you live it out? I'm not leaving you hanging. I'm here to plow with you. I'm here to plow for you. I'm going to make it happen for you. I'm on your team in a big way, and if you stay close by me, I'll be with you every step. His goal is not to burden you with the pressure of perfection. He wants you to stay connected and close to him. And when you do that, you're on your way to fulfilling the greatest commandment and living the greatest life, a better, happier life. That word blessed that we see so often in the Bible, like I just want a life full of blessings. What does that even mean? Like I've heard that in church for a long time. And then I learned that the word blessing, like at its root means happy. <laughs> Like, he wants to give you a good life. And, and so many times people paint this picture of God as this dictator with these rules that he wants to beat you down with. He's giving you a recipe for a happier life. And he wants you to just stay close to him and you'll achieve that. Because the greatest commandment is the key to the greatest life. The greatest commandment is the key to your greatest life. Not a life that is free from trouble. Things are going to happen. But the greatest life that you could possibly live is when you're living the greatest commandment, when you're staying close to Jesus, and he's helping you do that. So as an exclamation point to these thoughts, Jesus adds the end here, John 15, 5. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
ouch, Jesus, apart from me, you can do nothing. And listen, I'm living proof of this. I've lived this thing because, listen, you can try to take care of things on your own. And if you're like an achiever like me, you're going to get some things right sometimes. I'm not, not speaking to everyone because a lot of people, they like get, they're spinning their wheels, wheels real fast. But something in me has made it so I, in myself, can get a lot of things done. But I will tell you, you will wear out quick. That happened to me. I had to get to a place where I, I'm like a pastor leading a ministry. And I had to say, I had to admit to myself, like, am I letting God do any of this? Or am I trying to take care of it for him? Because that's not what he wants. That's not what he wants for you. A lot of you are involved in ministry in this room, whether you're on the worship team or on the tech team or student leadership. And I want you to say to you, you're not doing work for God. You're doing work with God. He's doing work, maybe even better put, he's doing work through you. He chooses to let us do that. But if we aren't plugged into the source, we're going to wear out. If I'm not plugged into the source, I'm going to wear out. And not only that, I'm not going to scratch the surface of what God intended me to accomplish. I can get some things done. But when I'm plugged into the source, I get so much more done. And I lived a way more blessed life, a way happier, better life when I'm plugged into the source. Because when you try to do it on yourself, you're missing out on the full measure of what God wants for you because you're missing out on the stuff only he could do. Because you can do some things but you're missing out on what he can do. And that's why this verse is so extreme. It's, it's to highlight the stuff that only God can do. Apart from him, you're missing a huge chunk of what he could do through you. I don't want you to miss out on that. And Jesus doesn't want you to miss out on it either. The three pieces of the greatest commandment, they work in beautiful, soulful R&B harmony. Love God. Love yourself. Love others. Love God. Love yourself. Love others. And this is only possible when you stay connected in harmony with Jesus. When you stay close to Jesus, that's when this stuff can happen. And let me put it this way. This will be the bottom line for your flight this evening. Let Jesus lead you toward love. Let Jesus do it. Let Jesus lead you toward love. The greatest commandment is the key to the greatest life that you could possibly live. But in order to do what's the greatest, we have to stay close to the greatest. In order to do what God has for us, we need to stay connected to the vine, stay connected and close to Jesus. On our own, we cannot keep these greatest, the trio of the greatest commandment in harmony. We can't do it on our own. But the good news is that we don't have to. He is more than willing to help us. So what are we going to do about it? Here's a good first step. Ask yourself this question. In what area am I out of harmony? In what area of the trio am I messing up in? Which of these three areas needs the biggest boost? Is it loving God? Is it loving other people? Is it loving myself? Where do I need the biggest boost? And some of you immediately know which one needs work. You're like, yeah, I'm good with my friends. I see myself pretty well. I am not connected to the vine. And some of you are saying, I feel real close to Jesus and my relationship with friends are great. I just do not love myself. I just do not see the value that God sees in me. And some of you are saying, I love God. I'm cool with myself. I get myself. I love myself. But other people, I have have issues with loving my neighbor who thinks differently than me. Some of you immediately know, some of you are going to need some time to process what it is for you. Maybe you'll figure it out tonight. Maybe you won't. But the point is, I need you to figure it out. You need you to figure it out. To get this trio in harmony, 
to stay close to Jesus. Figure out which of these feels most out of sync because identifying the problem is the first step to fixing it. When you name it, you can fix it. And now once you've named the problem area, here's the follow-up question. What's one step, one tiny step that you can do this week to move forward in this area? I'm not asking you to do something huge and dramatic. I'm not asking you to spend 14 days fasting and praying in silence. I'm not asking you to do something huge. Take a tiny step. Find something little that you can do just this week to make yourself improve in that area. So um, let's get practical. For example, if loving God is where you're having issues, that's where you need to improve. You could, don't necessarily just take my suggestion, but you could say, all right, this week, three times, I'm going to pray for five minutes because I haven't prayed at all in the past week. So three times this week, I'm going to pray for five minutes. We say in here that 10 and 10, we call it the 10 and 10. And it's a really good basis for what your relationship with God should be like. Jalen's going to tell you what's 10 and 10. 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 10 minutes in the Bible, 10 minutes meditating on God's word, and 10 minutes in prayer. Great job. We say 10 and 10 is a really good uh, goal. And once you get 10 and 10 for a while, you're going to step it up to maybe 15 to 15. But listen, if you're at zero and zero, you maybe need a five. <laughs> pick three times this week to pray for five minutes. That's just one example. Before you go to bed, pick those three times. That's important to make that schedule right now so that you can, it'll set you up for success, all right? So maybe loving others is where you need to focus. You're having issues. You could do, say to yourself, uh, I'm going to plan two small acts of kindness and I'm going to do one spontaneously. So maybe maybe that looks like writing a thank you card to a teacher. Because your teachers, like, you struggle with them, but they really do love you. They really, most of them really do want, at least they started out that way. And then no one, and then no one thanked them. So they got bitter. So listen, write a teacher, a thank you card. It'll, it'll rock their world. That's one example. Maybe like you just see someone trying to pick something up, but their hands are full. Help them out. Buy somebody's lunch. So maybe you need to get right with other people. So find something kind to do. Maybe um, loving yourself is out of harmony right now. You just don't see yourself the way God sees you. Um, Here's one suggestion. Find Go to the Google, find 10 verses that talk about how God sees you. 10 verses that talks about how God loves you, how he sees you as amazing and valuable and worth his, the, worth the price of his son's life. Look up 10 verses, write them out, print them out, put them somewhere you can see them. And I'll tell you, if you read them enough times, you're going to accidentally memorize them. So that may be a good thing. Maybe also you could just write down 10 things you like about yourself. And maybe that will take a couple days because you're struggling to find them. But I'm telling you, if you put that somewhere you can read it a little bit, you're going to be closer to believing that about yourself. Remember that none of this has to be perfect. I know there's a lot of possible practical steps you could live out, but none of it has to be perfect. Um, Even the tiniest step is a win. And I want you to see that. That even the, like... There's just such a huge guilt problem in the church, especially, I think, in teenage ministry. At least that's been my experience. Is there is a guilt problem where I just, I see what I'm supposed, my life is supposed to look like, and I'm not there, and I just put this weight on myself, and it keeps me from ever achieving that. So just realize that that five, that two-minute prayer that you planned for tonight before you go to bed, that's a win if you haven't prayed all week. Even the tiniest step can lead to a massive impact. So celebrate your wins. If you did something this week that you didn't do last week, celebrate it and understand that you are on the right path. 
All right. It's not going to be perfect. Pick an area, and I want you to figure out what tiny step you need to take to improve on that area and take it. Whatever you decide, remember it only works when you let Jesus take the lead. That's how this is fast-tracked. Let Jesus take the lead. Let him have control. Like the vine is connected to the branch. Stay close to Jesus. And when you do, are the right steps, those tiny steps even, they don't feel as impossible. The big steps don't feel as impossible when you're staying close to Jesus because Jesus wants the greatest life for you. And that doesn't mean that nothing will ever go wrong in your life, but it means that when something does go wrong, you're close to Jesus and he's there to pick you up. He's there to wipe your tears. He's there to comfort you. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit the comforter and the counselor. He's someone you can count on when you stay close to him. So, let Jesus lead you toward love. After all, the basis of the greatest commandment is love, right? And that commandment has three parts, loving God, loving others, loving ourselves, and those three parts, those three loves work together in in beautiful harmony. And they work best when we stay close to the source of love, and that's Jesus. And remember this, the greatness of the greatest commandment plays out one tiny step at a time. So find your tiny step, get that in mind, and make it happen, Captain. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this group that's here, that, that is here to learn about you, to get closer to you, or is here to experience family. Or No matter why they're here, God, I pray that you impact them in a huge way. I just thank you for the students in this room. God, I pray you give us strength to live out your greatest commandment to live out this trio of three loves that you want us to have. And God, this is a big ask, but you want us to just stay close to you and you do the work for us. You accomplish and achieve for us so that we don't have to wear ourselves out. Help us to stay close to you, the source of love. And when we stay close to you, it's gonna be way easier to love you, to love others, and to love ourselves. God, I pray that you are speaking to the people in this room that need to take a tiny step. I pray that you download that step to them. You make it so clear what they have to do, whether you just make it show up instantly or whether it's through some time and prayer and thought that you, they arrive at this thought. God, I pray that you give it to them and that you give them the strength to accomplish it and that you give them the peace of mind to celebrate when they've achieved it. We love you and you're with us. Help us to stay close to you. In your precious name we pray. Everybody said again, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Students podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little more like Jesus.